Well, hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells. I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and dance around the boundaries of common decency. Well, this week we are sallying forth and charging back into the campaign. It's coming to an end after three years, and there's never been a more exciting time to join us. In pursuit of all the usual fun and fantasy, I am joined by three colleagues who are literally dripping with enthusiasm. First up, coming to you from the steel city of Sheffield, we have the king of kink-shaming himself, Mr. Chris Neal. How you doing? <laughs> Listeners, I've never been more wet with enthusiasm. I am dripping. Dripping wet with enthusiasm. Moist. Gushing. <laughs> oh. Uh, abort. Where's the leave session button? Where is it? Why is it grayed out? Matt, help! I've actually re-enabled mine. I don't want to click it, though. Oh, You motherfucker. <laughs> Traitor. Traitor. Abort, abort. Next up, you've heard his voice already. Coming to you from the mystical lands of Finland, we have the Scandinavian strumpet himself, Mr. Matt Durant. How you doing? Skoil. Bless you. How to do that, do that? Google Translate. Danke, ja, bro. Ahoy. <laughs> Ciao. What does all that mean? I don't know. It's bits of Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last up, we have a man who has only just passed a late fitness check before joining today's lineup. It is Yorkshire's own Chris Rag. How you feeling? Are you still high on cough syrup after the other week, or is that like I, um, a one-off? Now? Much better. Not high off cough, cough syrup. Uh, I am so excited to, well, I would say like kick some ass, but I mean probably talk to some people in some shops and and maybe, I don't know, get like abused, I guess. So yeah, wh- whatever the city brings. <laughs> Noise. <laughs> Love that. Big Nicodranus energy. Right, so without further ado, let's dig into this week's episode. Right, who needs a recap? Because it's been a hot while for one or two of you. I really do. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they'd found themselves in the portside city of Nicodranus, where they had returned to try and track down their friend, Sister Perineus, who required the four Emmentals. Unfortunately, on arriving, they'd discovered that she'd moved off into the Cirrus Mountains, but they decided to encamp in the city for a night and relax, staying at the famous Busty Barnacle Inn. Now then, the players had varying degrees of night's sleep there, ranging from Hanush, who snuck off into the night to try and track down elves who they'd noticed had been watching them, or at least prowling around the city, making a nuisance of themselves. Belsia decided to find a 24-hour funeral home wandering around the city, and when that failed, he decided to hire two local lackeys for silver coin to dig him up a local grave. He then had them put him back in the coffin and carry him round on retainer. And of course, it wouldn't be the same if Tatty Bojangles hadn't woken up in the middle of the night being attacked by some small creature that was rummaging through his bag, a bizarre face spider that he had to fight off and finally kill as it had been investigating the Emmentals. And we pick back up with our adventurers in the Busty Barnacle Inn in the small hours of the morning as Hanash is slowly hammering nails through the front of Belsiar's 
coffin, much to his disgust. And we will pick up back with the action right there. What a lovely coffin to practice my, my DIY skills with. Do I, I can't remember, do I know if Belshazzar's in there or do I just get in and there's just like a coffin there? Oh, you knew he was talking to you. He was saying like, Hanash, Hanash, this isn't funny. Yeah. And you were like giggling. Please stop. This has big stepbrothers energy. <laughs> what, are, what are you do, what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm burying you alive. But I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> You'll wake the neighbors. I've closed it. Now I would like to flip it so he can't get out because then it'll yeah. Unless he smashes his way out the bottom. God. I'm not only nailed inside a coffin, I'm also upside down. <laughs> or on my face in a coffin. <laughs> mm. Of course, you're the only ones who see that as you're in a room on your own. Toad Flaps, to be fair, is snoring away in a bed on the side. And Tatty, you're in a separate room altogether, sitting on the end of your bed, holding a note that says, Emmental, Elves, and Spiders. Hmm? You, you, in the last episode, you were pondering oh, the concept yeah. of... Yeah. yeah. Emmentals, elves, and spiders, and what correlation they may have. The Feywild. That's in my head, not in Tati's head, because there's there's not there's, there's not really that much that in Tati's head that would connect them. Hmm. What time is it? Nah. Roughly. Just gone. Just gone ten. Roughly somewhere between f- just after four in the morning. It's it funny because I'm, he's I'm two, two hours, hours ahead, ahead of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I loved seeing the thought process play out on your face as you said that you're like just after 10 and I was like I'm not gonna say it scratch that from the from the recording <laughs> unless you're listening to this at 10 then <laughs> yeah sorry AJ we fully cut you off with disgustingly entertaining bit no not at all I have no idea. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say I didn't actually have a clue what you were talking about. I didn't get the joke. I'm obviously not cool enough, or I haven't watched Community or, or whatever <laughs> it was from. Top tier Community reference. It's gonna be Community or Arrested Development. Everything else you've got nailed down, but you you refuse. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one of the two, or from the film Office Space, or one of your other. The, the, Whatever, the, the Anchorman, or whatever film it is you keep quoting at me. <laughs> the Anchorman. <laughs> I'm going to stop recommending TV shows to you, AJ, because you're, you're bad at you're bad Bro- at Brothers, it. but you're not brothers. Lol, 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 lol. How? <laughs> brothers, but not brothers. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Right, so what what are you all doing? Tatty, you are upstairs blissfully unaware of the caddish fun that the two vampires are having down in the other room. Oh, also, just, just from a housekeeping point of view, Tatty, please give yourself a long rest. I'll say that you had enough of a rest before being woken up to, keep, to consider yourself long rested. Muchas gracias. Oh, I have a question about vampires. Did we say that I can't defecate anymore? I'm guessing I can't poop because I can't eat. Oh, no. I don't think you can. Oh, that's good. Canonically, listeners. Um, you've still got a couple of poops in you. Your system, obviously, is... Okay, good. (laughs) You said you were saving one. It's a bit like a Weetabix now or a Farley's Rusk. 
it's just drier than dry. Like, they're just little dry pellets now, rather uh, than actually okay. moist logs. So you said you were saving one for when you needed it. I, I was going to do something now, but if it's if it's not wet, it's probably not going to work. I was going to cut a hole in the in the box and then poop poop where Belshazzar's no. would be, and oh. then he'd come up out. I'm like, why did you poop yourself? But uh, but yeah, it's not going to work. So I will. No, your anus is no longer plumbed <laughs> in properly, so it's more of a rectal bag of holding rather than you know like a sphincter. You know, I didn't recognize it at the time, but Matt, when you said that Kat couldn't join us this evening, I, I'm now realizing that that's, that's probably a blessing for the in best. disguise. I don't know if she's ready for this. <laughs> I was going to keep it straight down the middle. Listeners, we were going to have a guest star. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it. I was going to keep it clean and breezy. Clean and breezy. But being that it's just us... And the 7.8 million listeners this evening. We can say whatever we want. We're not bound by decency. I've just checked the analytics. It's actually 7.9 million. Ah! Ah! Wow. Sorry, that was the sound of me coming to the extra 100,000 listeners that we just gained in mere seconds there. <laughs> not 10 seconds ago, you just said that you were going to keep it straight down the middle, clean as a whistle. You now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say I made a mess. It was a very practical... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go sleep. I'm like night, Belsia. Yeah. Night, I, I go sleep. I guess. Hmm. I'm just crying because, <laughs> of course, since I can turn into mist, I can leave whenever I want. You haven't actually yeah. sh- shut me in, but the trauma <laughs> of my dear friend playing this cruel <laughs> prank on me has locked me in place. <laughs> And I couldn't move if I wanted to, and I'm just crying <laughs> in the darkness. It's a real dark night of the soul for all of us. Belsia, you're also aware that your two lackeys, who you're currently paying four silver pieces each a day to, will be back at night time. You, you've, you've, oh, they... well, unless you, unless you make a better deal with them. They, well, so that they've left now. Yeah, they, they left before then. Yeah, they've they're I've not there. Them, yeah, I, I, I will just because it's been a little while since we played. We've had a bunch of one shots, listeners. I'll say I will let you retcon an agreement with them as to when they'll be back because you are paying them a retainer. Yeah, so. I don't think I, I think I probably would have said like, yeah, get get yourselves off. I'm only saying because it wouldn't make sense to have people carry you around in the night. Yeah. It would make more sense to have two people to carry you around in the daylight in a coffin. So if that was the deal you'd struck with them, please. We don't want to tell you how to yeah. vampire, but I mean, no, no. yeah, I don't want to tell you how to be undead. No, I think. Hang, wait, hang on. What was I trying to do? So it's night. It's it's now nighttime. I think you wanted a way to move around in the daytime. I, uh, I think that's what you wanted. Yes, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So I'm waiting for them to come back in the daytime. Okay, to carry me about. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, 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 right. So they've gone back to their loved ones. And told them that the you know they've they've quit their careers as as fishermen and they're now you know minders for an important gentleman and they'll be back with daybreak. But you've paid them up for their first twenty four hour period at eight silver pieces for the pair of them. They're called um, Jeffrey and Peter. They're brothers. Their surname is Bogdanov, 
if that helps. Uh, Jeffrey and Peter Bogdanov. And like uh, they wear like stripy <laughs> shirts. How dare you? <laughs> I don't just go around the fucking FA Cup final from 1986 stealing names. You could have done. Uh, you could have done. They're called Peter and Jeffrey Bogdanov. And they're two brothers who are fishermen who are both quite chonky gentlemen who wear poorly fitting stripy t-shirts that barely cover their bellies i'll call them peanut butter and jelly <laughs> i see well that's you know you pay for them you can call them whatever the fuck you want yeah peanut butter and jeffrey right come on <laughs> that's my last pitch what are you all doing so it's like middle of the night ish now yeah, the best hours of the night are gone. You're heading perilously close to morning now. Okay. If I can, because I probably don't know that these guys are awake, if I can do some sort of check, maybe like investigation or something, mm. as I go whole hog on my half-done conspiracy board, which has three things on it, can I try and f- find a connection between the elves, the fae-type spider that I had to fight, and the Emmentals. Because I know that the Emmentals are connected to the elves that were in... Uh, refresh my memory. In the woods. In the Savalier Wood. That was it. Oh, in the Savalier Woods? Um, yeah. yeah, okay. First of all, make me a history check. We didn't know about the Emmentals then, did we? Say. So you can piece together what you know. We didn't know about them then, but then... When we started gathering them, they did kind of come back into it. It was like, I think there was, we got attacked by something Uh, that mentioned them in connection with the Emmentals. It was when we were inside a dragon turtle. Everyone's memory was a bit. The tree bitch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember. I got. I got got a 16 for history. I remember. A 16. <laughs> On a 16, and being that you've got a few hours, and you can hear the banging of some sort of hammer coming through the wall and some giggles and moans, <laughs> and you presume that your friends are up to some merry mischief, as you have time to ponder. Probably fucking. <laughs> you think about the connection between the elves, the Emmental, and the spider. Now, from your point of view... You were sent on the quest to get the Emmentals by Sister Perineus, and partway through, you had certainly bumped into a particularly angry dryad, a female called Brassica, who had fought you and told you to stop pissing about in what did not concern you. And she also quoted the Orbs of Tartarus. With regards to elves, the only firm connection that you're aware of, before you met Sister Perineus, you obviously uh, were travelling with a, um elfin gentleman called Theolian. And you went back to the encampment in the Savalier Woods, where his uncle, Tessarian, was the lord. And Maud had an altercation with him, and you burnt down the tent and you fled in a carriage the and and since then you've had run-ins with theolian's brother oberon 
you met him at Nutbush Penitentiary. The courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you've seen him a few times, and he's distinctly unimpressed with you. That's the the closest connection to the elves that you're aware of. And obviously, last episode, uh, Belsia, you had particularly noticed that the majority of elves that you have seen wandering around the city have a black cape with silver stitching on it with a beautiful tree of life, if you will, that has branches and leaves, but also has expansive roots in the design so it's, it's if you can imagine what the tree of life looks like but stitched into the back of a cloak so that's the only connections you can firmly make tatty there's nothing that you can specifically firmly or concretely think of that directly links the elves and the emmentals they are two separate things do we still have the orbs hmm I think they got... Did they get taken from us when we went to prison? Yeah, I guess that may. Yeah, because oh, didn't Oberon take them when we went to jail? Yeah. I'm going to let you weigh in on that, AJ, in case the silence wasn't heavy enough. Well, are they in your inventory? I don't think they're in my inventory, unless they are. I had an orb, but then... I like this. As Tatty has a light bulb moment, sitting bolt upright, he walks over to his satchel, uh-huh. rummaging around in it. I'm just reminiscing about when Belsat flew up and then and then lost fly in midair and fell into a, into a bar. That was a good time. It was a nice try. If you remember that, listeners, you are an OG listener. You mean his Icarus moment when he was like, <laughs> I have level three spells and flew off and then threw a fireball and then got knocked down. It was a big moment for all of us. I've re-listened to that episode recently. He flew up, he silhouetted himself against the sun, and all of the archers turned around and fired, turning him into a crocodile <laughs> pincushion as he plummeted back out of the sky. Flew too close to the sun. I'm now going to say, at this point, it is now morning. Tatty, you're, you are in some sort of fugue state thinking about this. As you look up, you see the light twinkling through a crack in the curtains. It crests across the floor of your room as you realise it's now morning as you can hear other guests waking from their slumbers and you can hear shouts coming from the bar and kitchen downstairs I'm going to take my one piece of parchment that's got my tiny conspiracy board on it <laughs> um, and I'm going to go downstairs and get some breakfast is um, Barbara still in my room right with the other dog or whatever that you decided she was fucking I didn't decide it. It's narrative. Don't be that guy. I'm not. I'm not going to step in the way of of a night of animalistic passion. I like the way that you're so discerning of your dog's lovers. <laughs> no, it was a Brussels Griffin. It was a one night deal. I just want to make sure he's a good guy. And if he's not a good guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna go at him with a double barrel shotgun, old school style. Seems relevant in a fancy universe. <laughs> Yeah, he was a Brussels griffin and he left, if you remember, at the point that you uh, killed the creature from the Fae. So, yes, Barbara is also waking up, scritching and stretching and yawning. As you make your way, you're about to head down into the bar area. You walk past the door where you know your friends will be staying. Yeah, I'll take Barbara with me so she can get some food as well. I need some coffee. 
had a night of conspiracying. I'll take Barbara with me and I'll just go wait downstairs where I can get some breakfast. Okay, so you're leaving the vampires to sleep, one of them upside down in a coffin sobbing, and the other one getting a great <laughs> night's sleep in a feather bed. Well, neither of them are going to be very much use during daylight hours, so I feel like I should leave them in their room. No, no, it's fine. Or room. You make your way down into the bar area of the inn, whereby you see all of your firm favourite characters, such as Civic Cloaca, who is already um, propping up fresh logs into the hearth, ready to get the fire going. You look around, you see... If you've ever been, listeners, to a Weatherspoons at opening time at about 8.30, there's already a certain part of society who's already there and appear to be several drinks down. As Tati, you make your way down, ready for the famous continental breakfast of the Busty Barnacle, you see there are already, strangely, a number of members of the city who, who seem to be deep in their cups already. And it is early classic weather spoons classic spoons classic chain pub <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll go up to civet and i'll uh, i'll ask about i'll ask about breakfast and where i can get a decent cup of coffee as you sit down he's like oh you paid up for this already you mad bastard so don't you worry and he points over there's like a trestle table at the end as it's got just like communal bits and bobs on it he's like oh there's all sorts down there you know all the nice stuff pastries cold meats cheeses and uh ah, if you want yourself a coffee he goes behind the bar and you see he's got a fresh pot on the hob as he pours you a coffee so black and thick you can pretty much stand the spoon up in it and brings it back I salivate at, at the smell of it and then I take it from him uh, and I attempt to return life into my body. Drinking the coffee, it instantly hits your bloodstream. A rush. Any sense of fatigue wears off you in a heartbeat as you already start getting that buzz from the coffee. All right. Oh, and as you look over, you also see the Brussels Griffin from last night is curled up at, already by the, the beginnings of the crackling of the fire as the logs start to catch on the kindling. Of course. I'll go over and get uh, I'll grab two plates of food. One of them is mostly just cold meat for Barbara. And I will get a couple of pastries and a few, you know, scraps of meat or something for myself as well. Um, and I'll sit down and I'll, I'll do some people watching for a little bit while I'm trying to think about what the elves are doing here in town. As you go over to Barbara, she is ever so grateful for the meats you put in front of her you lay them down on the floor she's just underneath your table she is still tuckered out from a night's action and she really needs the protein and um salts to to re-energize her as she she lifts her head for a scritch as she chows down now i need you to make me an investigation check please first roll of the evening is it yeah you already rolled actually Damn it. I've drank too much cough medicine, listeners. <laughs> Told you, it makes you drowsy. You did roll already. I apologize. You rolled history. It does, doesn't it? Uh, 18. 18. Yeah. You're, 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 you are a seasoned people watcher. And you are eating 
and just without being too obvious, you're looking around and you see, you know, various people. One's already got his head down on the bar snoring, despite the fact the sun is barely over the horizon. There's obviously Civic Cloaca, and uh, there's another barmaid who's just running around, just like cleaning and just generally doing bits and keep pieces of housekeeping within the inn. You see a couple of other guests come down. There's a very polite-looking gnome couple who are elderly, who nod at you hand in hand. They look like they're in some sort of romantic liaison as they both go over to the Continental Breakfast Bar, get themselves some food and just sit in a booth and just talk to each other. And you look back down at your pastries, biting into a chocolate twist that's clearly two or three days past its best. It's a little bit tough. As you feel a cold breeze, as you look up, you see the doors open. As a tall individual in a black cape walks in. Does he come with his own soundtrack? Because it sounds like he comes with his own soundtrack. Like a very like country... You tell me. Show notes. Yeah. As they come in and they just stand hood up at the bar talking they tap one of the drunken men on the shoulder who groggily looks up and they engage in a conversation um let me see he walked in talked to one of the drunk guys is he wearing when you say he's wearing a black cape and a uh hood up does he is it like similar attire to what the elves were wearing that we saw last night make me a perception check oh this dice man uh, 19. Oh, that's good. Straight off the bat, you notice it has no tree stitched on the back. Has no what? Tree stitched on the back. Okay. The elves all had a cloak which had a silver tree stitched on the back, like a tree of life. This individual, the first thing you notice, cloak and a cowl pulled over their head, but no tree on the back. Okay. I'm going to finish my coffee and I'm going to walk up to the bar try and find a space that is next to the guy with the hood up where I can get space and surreptitiously try and get a quick look at his face or like what is yeah his attire but not from the back hmm alright and you want to do this sneakily yeah yeah, I mean, it's not. I'm not going to be like Skyrim crouching as I as I sneak towards him at the bar. I'm going to be trying to trying to do it without raising suspicion, just, but just in a normal way. Okay, make me a multi-part check. Make me both a stealth because you want to do it without raising too much attention, and also a investigation. Oh, I'm telling you, this dice, I got 25 for stealth. Wow. And then a nat 20 for investigation. Okay. You pick up your coffee cup, you take it over to the bar, put it on the bar top, and you you, you basically say to Civet, it's a filthy cup and could you get a new mug? And then you surreptitiously drop your spoon on the floor, bending over to pick it up. You look at the person up and down. They appear to be wearing some sort of fancy floral leggings, 
underneath the black cowl. And they don't really appear to be wearing any kind of armour as such. Mm. Can I check the shoes? Theolian always did love his winkle pickers. <laughs> um, sort of like mid-length um, suede boots. Okay. I'll just wait for my coffee and then and then go back to go back to my table. Sarah Clark is like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, don't rate us badly. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! As he just hands you another molten hot cup of like magma coffee, uh, you take it back to your table. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. What's up, adventurers? I'm Chris, aka Tybo Jangles, aka everybody's favorite sad boy gnome. I'm here to talk to you about fan roll dice. Look, we all love dice. They're the little knickknacks that make the clickety clacks and help us do a whole bunch of maths. That's why we've teamed up with Fanroll Dice to offer our listeners 10% off when you use the code ADVENTURER10. With everything from resin to sharp edge silicone, mini little babies to chunky beefy boys, and beautiful liquid core and gemstone dice, Fanroll Dice has you covered. So head on over to FanRollDice.com and use code ADVENTURER10 to get 10% off. Now, back to the action. I presume the two vampires, you're just sleeping away at this point. You're just happily sleeping. You're dozing away. I guess, I mean... Regenerating those hundred hit points. I guess, well, if it's day... Well, that's the thing. I mean, I don't want to derail the actual plot, but... What plot? Um, um, I'm out and about. I think I've told my... If if my... Uh, if PB and Jelly have, have come back. That's a good point. Yes, canonically, Tati, at one point you do notice the two portly gentlemen come back through the door, the cold breeze as the door opens. You see they nod at you. Uh, you're a little interested in them, their deal is with Belsior, as they make their way back upstairs to you. Yeah, I'll just say I've, 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 um, I've wiped my eyes and recomposed myself, and I just say, gentlemen, I wish to take a constitutional. And we'll, we'll say they're just walking me around town. <laughs> Okay, yep, nothing to see here, just two portly gentlemen carrying a ramshackle coffin around town. Yeah, you do let me know if there's anywhere you want to stop off. So so just to confirm, you're still nailed into the coffin, though, at this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. too proud. To- <laughs> and, you, and you're still face down, but like they don't know that you're the wrong way up either. <laughs> yeah, there's a moment where the two guys come into... Hanash and Belsiar's room and Hanash is about to stop them and then he realises that they're not taking the nails out or flipping him over, they're just carrying him and he's like, I'm going to wait until this pays off later. Can we, um, AJ, can we make it so like, this has to be like a check to make sure that like, mm. uh, Belsiar doesn't just like fall out of the because I, I didn't nail it in very well and his weight's all on it so I feel like like there's a chance that he could, I don't know what check that would be Maybe a survival check? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a, a strength check for the box. Dexterity? Yeah, strength, yeah. Alright. <laughs> Both of you make me... Oh, God. Do you know what? Just roll me a d20, and that's going to represent luck. Luck isn't something that comes up in the standard roll. But I like the, the rule of cool. Both of you independently roll me a d20. 
okay. representing so luck. So I want mine to be he falls out. <laughs> so that's that's my out. That's my lucky out. No, 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 no. I know what they okay. are separately. Okay. I know what they are separately. Belsiar, you roll yours. Hanash, you roll. There we go. I, I got a twelve. I got a three. So. You're thinking about this in your head, Hanush. <laughs> you're meant to be sleeping and you're giggling to yourself in your bed, thinking about the possibility that this may happen. Belsia, meanwhile, Jeffrey and Peter are carrying you around town. When you start feeling the poorly hammered together coffin splitting <laughs> as a tiny chink of light comes through, you can feel it burning a line up your inner thigh oh. a bit like James Bond do you remember James Bond's on the table and the laser's slowly about to circumcise him the same kind of vibe but with sunlight right and you're panicking you're like you, you're like hammering on the box like doing as you will that's your situation you're just imagining all of this Hanash and you laugh and giggle to yourself in the darkened room so hard bucking backwards and forwards you forget you actually removed half the nails out of your bed to actually hammer into his coffin in the last episode as your bed just the legs just splay off your bed and you just collapse into a pile of planking just laughing to yourself you don't even care at this point you're just the sheer irony of this situation is just humor to you yeah Belsia, as as you're you're acutely aware there's just this razor sharp pin beam of sunlight just slowly burning up your inner thigh as you're being transported around now if you do fancy stopping off somewhere do let us know otherwise i'm going to pick back up with our gnome gentleman mr tatty bojangles yes mm. who's currently on his fourth continental breakfast <sighs> <laughs> please, please continue with the storyline. <laughs> My thing that I'd planned was to go shopping, uh, so I'm trying to decide how much I want, how much Tatty would want to stick around and and go conspiracy. He's been doing that for most of the evening. I think, like, because we did t- we did talk about the previous evening, me saying that I was going to go shopping, and I think I probably did mention before Belsia went off on his weird adventure to get <laughs> to get two new servants that I would if he wanted to let me know anything that he needed buying I could probably go and get it for him so I think knowing that they're knowing that these two guys should be well other than watching the box being <laughs> fucking carried out of the <laughs> carried out of the pub yeah you saw that you saw that yeah, that's a good point and I know that Hanash is probably going to be Upstairs, or at the very least, he's going to be inside for most of the day, if not all of the day. And I don't know what Aristobulus. In fact, I don't know what Aristobulus, Maud, and Toad Flaps are doing. I'll go speak to Civet and I'll say if any of my friends come come looking for me or look lonely, tell them that me and Barbara have gone to do some retail therapy. Can I retrospectively, if Bubba goes to a shop, can I like almost like mind melt with him to get me what I want? <laughs> or, 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 or just so I'd have to like say to him in, in advance, like, oh, can you get me this stuff? Can we, can we do that? I'm not against that. Just for the sake of storyline, I'll say that you may well have had a conversation about what you were looking for. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I remember mentioning it to Belsiar at one point. I think it makes sense that you would have told me. Yeah, I just think anyway. for the sake of the podcast, I don't want to like, go through like 20 minutes of me telling Bobo what I might want, kind of thing. <laughs> well, if you, if you had some broad notes, I don't know, like a, it's not going to be a potion of healing, is it? But it might be sun cream. You want to drop me a naughty side message with some of your uh, some of your your shopping wants? I don't need side messages. All I need is weapons. There's under the table side messages going on. I do not approve of this shit. Unbelievable, listeners. We don't have to tolerate this shit. Boba, I need weapons up to the value of six thousand gold. If that's just one weapon for six thousand gold, <laughs> you fucking get it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if there's a weapon anywhere <laughs> near that that level of coin, I'm going to need to give them an IOU. Because that's all of my gold. So, is that one 6,001 gold weapons or one <laughs> 6,000 gold weapon? We'll come to that one. <laughs> yeah, it's just 6,000 daggers in a giant sack. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll I'll spot you. I'll spot you for a weapon. I just dropped my entire stash of gold on it. <laughs> so one thing that we need to talk about, Tati, when Belsiar left in the coffin, you did see Civic Cloaca looking incredibly concerned as two gentlemen just walked down the stairs out of his inn holding a coffin and walked past. As you walk up to say goodbye to him, to, to say, like, you know, look after my friends, he's like... All right, I do have to ask. <laughs> Did one of your party die? Uh, I do still charge for the room for the night, even if you don't make it to the morning. I keep forgetting that it's actually a coffin and not just a box that has been nailed, that's yeah. been nailed down. He's just watched two fat men walk out with a coffin in broad daylight. It's good that we like to stay alive here on the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. We like to be on our toes. Use coffin as well. Like it must be like really muddy and dirty, and, like battered. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he dug it out of a fucking mausoleum like three hours ago. It's probably still got worms hanging off it. As one of your party members recently died and was extremely cheap and decided to get a secondhand coffin for when they when they were uh, laid to rest. Also, sorry for your loss. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, yes. One of our party members unfortunately passed away in the middle of the night. Oh no! No, I am so sorry. So just to let you know, I do have to ask: Will you be needing both rooms tomorrow night? As we are a premier lodging establishment. Yeah, we'll we'll keep we'll keep the rooms. Uh, we'll keep the room booking as as it is. Oh. All right, all right. Yeah, you're just just out of out of memorial for our for our friend. Would you be needing the wake? Because I can put on a spread if you do fancy having the wake here. <laughs> no, we'll probably we'll probably do the funeral first, and then and I, then I, the wake. I know. I, I don't know how long. I'm just it's saying, be. if you wanted a tray of sandwiches or something, I if you want to have a few drinks here to say goodbye. Which one was it, by the way? Was it the angry-looking uh, goblin, or the lady with the beehive? Or it was. Uh, it was a pervert uh, man who kept on licking my arm. <laughs> Grief just hits us all in different ways, Civet. Um, it was. Um, I know. It was. It was uh, one of our. It was one of our menagerie of of, of party familiars. 
Oh, no. Their name was Theobald. 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 The, the mighty, mighty turtle. <laughs> my, oh, my, oh, my. He mostly, he mostly dwelled in, in people's backpacks. He had wisdom to give. Oh, my. Wisdom beyond his ability to speak and communicate ideas. I'm sorry for your loss. His final wish was to be buried in an adult-sized human coffin. (laughs) (laughs) Human coffin that had been dug up. (laughs) I cannot begin to tell you the sympathy that I feel for you. Oh, Archibald. As he just slides two shot glasses the- across Theobald. the table. Uh, Theobald. Theobald was his name. Theobald. My bad, my bad. Grief affects us all in different ways. Theobald. I'm sorry. As he just slides two shot glasses and just pours some cheap liquor into them. To Theobald. May you go to the hibernation in the sky. As he clinks the shot glass down. I hold up, hold up the shot glass after I clink it with him. Uh, and I say, hmm. Theobald, small in stature, uh, great in in bravery and 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 wisdom. Uh, there will be another, never be another of your like. And then I down it. He shots down, and you just see he takes a feathered finger and he just wipes a tear away from his cheek. He's like, "Oh my god, it's beautiful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't rate us badly. I'm sure it was nothing to do with the accommodation that killed him." Right, right, well, you have yourself a good day, and if your friends come down, we'll be sure to let them know where you are. Cool. I'll take Barbara and go. As you go, you walk past the end of a bar, an arm shoots out and clamps down onto your shoulder. You follow the length of the arm, up a black cowl. Excuse me. As they pull back their cowl, you see the smiling face of a ginger lady with close-cropped hair, as she's a... Hello? Yep. Tamsin Samoth? I'm the harbour master. You wouldn't be the owner of uh, the Lady Luck by any chance, would you? Uh, yeah, that sounds like our ship. Amazing. Just the um, small thing, you moored it up and you forgot to pay uh, harbourage. Would you be planning on um, settling up? How long are you here for? Sure. I mean, we should be here for... Should be here for at least today. Uh, well, yeah, we'll probably be here overnight uh, tonight. So I'll pay for um, I'll pay for two or three days. Two or three days, of course. I can always come down and catch you if we uh, if we need to pay for more. How much are we talking for for docking fees? Well, let's just. Uh, I noticed it had a bit of a dink and a kink in it. So, um, would you want us to be smoothing out any damage to your ship at the same time? Um, let's say yeah. Hypothetically, how much would that set us back? And then, whilst I'm upselling you, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, I noticed it runs off premium vegetable oil. Sure does. Would you be wanting any more oil while you're here? Um, yeah, chuck in a couple of, couple of barrels. Above the table, I can't remember how many we had left. I think it was maybe two. Above so. the table, I can't remember either, but I will say she will throw in five barrels, which okay. will get you anywhere. Cool. Uh, she says, two days harborage, 
repairs and five barrels of premium oil, I reckon, would run you uh, 25 gold pieces. Oh, 25 gold. Easy. I'll uh, I'll give you that now, and then if we do decide tomorrow that we're gonna st- that we're gonna stay any longer, I'll uh, I'll come down to the dock and I'll settle up in advance. Amazing, yeah. Like I said, uh, Tamsin Samuth, harbour master, harbour mistress, if you will. Samuth, Samuth. Gotcha. Yeah, don't worry. I'll get my guys on the job. We'll get it repaired. We'll get some fresh barrels ready for you and if you want to top up a little bit more you know just come down and see me you'll find me in the harbour master's quarters down on the dockside. pleasure doing business with you as she shakes your hand and um, oh she's a dragonborn as well i probably should have said that sorry she's a dragonborn lady mm. as she just heads out the door cool in a flurry of black cloak and cape i'll let her leave for like a good 30 seconds before I leave with Barbara. I don't want to invite the social awkwardness of following someone out after we've just said goodbye. Social etiquette, eh? Okay, you're heading off and um, now we have two people in the city, both of whom I'm guessing want to go to different shops. Hanash, are you happy to just... Are you just having a day's rest? Yeah, let's have a day's rest. Like, if they if they get to shop and I want something, I'll telepathically, like, get them to get me something. I think if we go with that, that sounds easier rather than me adding more complexity to it. Interesting. Do you have a telepathic link with, with your vampiric friend? Send a, a carrier back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure I'll find a way to, to communicate with them. Okay. You actually could, yeah. You, sure you'll you find a way. send a bat. <laughs> but, but yeah that wouldn't be super wild but <laughs> Mr. Durant as you're you're around in your coffin your trouser leg is pretty much on fire now at this point you're starting to take damage uh, you take three Oof. points of fire damage to your right thigh can I as as the lid is coming ajar, um, I, I think two things. I I, I shout, uh, G- gentlemen, could you f- flip me over? For I have been upside down. <laughs> uh, y- yeah, a little. It's what's it a little bit like? I'm trying to think. You are just shaken and battered as with very little finesse, the two burly gentlemen just spin you round as they're like, right, you are? I was imagining, do you know when they draw the National Lottery and all the balls bounce around inside that giant <laughs> kind of container? That's kind of like how you are, just like pinwheeling. You just feel a small baked potato just crushed underneath you as you reach underneath you. You've smooshed oh, oh no. potato, who, listeners, if you are new to us, is a feral demonic baked potato who follows... As you pull out handfuls of mashed potato, he just see he reforms using dark magic. All the mashed potato and skin re-gathers together as your little demonic baked potato friend, Piketo, is is quite all right. Good. Right, where are you going? Or are you just having a constitutional walk? First stop, I think, is to go to the funeral home. Because yeah, I'm I'm beginning to realise that a second hand coffin is just not just not gonna cut it. <laughs> okay. So you command your lackeys to take you. They're locals, they know the local community. 
as uh, you tell them to take you to um, the local funeral home, as you're basically bounded and bounced around inside a inside a hot box for what seems like an eternity, as you hear the voices going, "Yeah, we're here." This is <laughs> you're put down on the floor, uh, and then silence. Mister or Mrs. Funeral Home Proprietor, you have a customer. Silence. Hello? Just dead silence. Um, gentlemen, is there anyone here? Just <laughs> silence. <laughs> Hello? Help? You feel the coffin being lifted up? <laughs> <laughs> As it's placed on something. Uh, there's, there's been some mistake. Make me a perception check. <laughs> okay. Ooh, dirty 20. Dirty 20? You can hear a scratching noise. <laughs> you really? Push your mind to its absolute limits. It's trolley wheels. <laughs> You're on a trolley being wheeled somewhere. Oh, no. Uh, can I use... Let's see. Can I use detect thoughts to try and... Like, um, try and see who's around me? Absolutely. Is anyone thinking within 30 feet? You hear a little, almost like a lullaby. You just hear a friendly person just humming to themselves internally mentally going this is the way we move the coffin move the coffin move the coffin this is the way we move the coffin early in the morning like they move coffins around all the time okay i'm starting to put two and two together here this is just their day job there's been some kind of terrible misunderstanding oh pb and jeffrey (laughs) you were doing so good i scream at the top of my lungs help but please don't open the coffin. <laughs> you, I, I need you to make me... There's never been a better use of a performance check, listeners. Make me a performance check. Okay, 19. 19! So what are you saying? Presumably loudly. I'm, I'd say... Uh, help. I'm not dead. Um, I'm at least I am I am dead, but that's not important right now. <laughs> please put me back where you found me, but please don't open the coffin, <laughs> please. Okay, there's a long pause. I need you to make me a persuasion check. It almost sounds like a pre-recording of someone who's died. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you could say that this person sees this every day. <laughs> that's, a, that's a 21. I don't know, I'm rolling really well. 21. Um, after a long pause, you just hear a timid little voice going, Hello? Yes, um, my, my friend put me in this coffin as a joke, but I wanted to buy an, a, a better coffin. It's a long story, but... Are, are you a ghost? It's a no. I'm just. I'm in the. I'm in the coffin. I guess I can like bang on the coffin. 
I'm in the coffin. Amongst all odds, they actually sound, the way you've rolled and the way they've rolled, they sound kind of convinced as they're like, oh, I see, it's a prank. Oh, yes, God, yes. I thought you were a ghost or some such. As you hear the straining noise of a hammer prizing up the lid as it cracks open. No, no, stop. You look up. You're in a darkened room and there's a small, reasonably scared young boy who's just about old enough to be getting his whiskers as he stands back. Now, the interesting thing, listeners, about putting a crocodile inside a coffin is the crocodile has to have its face pushed all the way down as crocodiles have quite a depth of snout as the pallid undead crocodile sits up. The first thing you notice is you are no longer in the showroom. You've been wheeled. You're on a metal trolley and uh, there's a furnace in front of you that you were about to be cremated in. (laughs) As the little child's like, fuck me, you're not Miss Waverly. That was a near thing. Yeah. Dad would have been mighty pissed off if I cremated an innocent again. You're telling me. Well, perhaps this can stay between us. Be be a good boy and... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How old is he? He's not like 40, is he? Uh, old enough to be getting his whiskers through, so he's probably 16 going okay. 17. He's got like, uh, just a shit patchy kind of like, he's, he's just experimenting with stuff. I, I wonder if you could sort me out. As I feel I've been doing for the last 40 um, years. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, what do you need? He says with the twinkle of the eye of someone who knows they're on commission. Uh, if you got, I, it's your lucky day, son. I'm looking for a top of the line Excelsior coffin i mean i can sort you out i tell you what if you don't tell anyone i'll give you a sweet 15 percent discount how's that sound that that's music to my ears all right uh and he goes and gets a bunch of pamphlets uh <laughs> and he sort of presents them in front of you and he's like we've got options we've got the um there's like a hessian number for those who like basically it's like a hessian sack and then we just sew it up usually that's for like dead sailors mm. and stuff like that we could go just traditional wooden could carve your name on it or put a religious symbol on it and then we get like into the fancy woods fancy and we can make them smell of stuff you know like cedar in lebanon mm. it's weird how Ooh. lebanon exists in a fancy universe <laughs> but it does ah the smell of lebanon we've got like cedar of lebanon <laughs> The smell of Lebanon. I don't know where Lebanon is, but I hear it's, it's, it smells nice. And then we get into the liners. You could get like a silk liner. Mm-hmm. And then we do, um, we do fancy ones like metal to prevent the bugs getting in. And then we can even do your dead fancy ones that are like shaped like anything. Give us enough time. You know, you, you want to be shaped like a beer bottle or like anything you want. We got options. Let's see. I think a good um, mahogany is a bit, yeah, you yeah, know, a bit mahogany's been done. Maybe something. I don't know what mahogany is, <laughs> but if you're looking for the woods, um, we've got jart, we've got tipple, and we've got skankwood. H- Hankwood. I said skankwood. Skankwood. No, I like the sound. That sounds like it. it's that's my kind of wood. <laughs> and he goes and he gets you little samples. He's like, I don't know why this scene's taking so long. As uh, he's like, look, 
smelled a skankwood as he just like wafts a little like lollipop stick of skankwood under your nose. uh, It smells of like warm almond. Mm. Notes of uh, vetiver. Mm. Yeah. And obviously we can do all the things, you know, silk inners, velvet inners, leather inners, whatever you're into. Well, I was thinking maybe some armor. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Well, we don't really get into the kind of necromantic shit. Their industry and our industry are what you might say juxtaposed. Hmm, I can see that. Give, give, give me a, a skankwood chassis. <laughs> skankwood chassis. Um, and let's say a nice um, pleather, white, white pleather. Yeah, pleather. I mean, we've got real leather. Oh, go on then. You, you've twisted my arm. Go on then. Oxide. Nice squeaky lever interior. We can also do uh, crocodile skin no. inside. We got no. we got all sorts. No, no, probably not no. appropriate. No, all right. So pleather. Oh no, you want you want ox leather, and then uh, ox leather in. Uh, and he just gets out a little tape and measures you up. He's like, "Give me a second. As he just runs over to a little table, gets an abacus out, does some sort of like mystical, magical mathematics, and comes back and it's like. Well, right. What, what's your time frame? How long do you need it? When do you need it? I suppose as soon as possible. I don't know how long we're going to be sticking around. Rush job! Like <laughs> it. Uh, right. Custom made skankwood with ox leather in her. Did you say you wanted metal? Uh, maybe just like, um, yeah, re- like a, if you do like a reinforcement package, like a, a roll cage, maybe. Got yeah, Yeah. Metal gusset. We'll put a metal metal roll cage in that. Yep, absolutely. Roll Custom cage. job. Bing, bang, bong. Going to set you back. Uh, does a few things. Rush job. Uh, 750 gold pieces. 750? Could, could you put wheels on it? Yeah. Like little caster wheels? I mean... Stick some flames on the side as well. Get, get some spinners on those wheels as well. <laughs> so hang on a minute when you say cart you want what you want like a coffin cart <laughs> like a little soapbox coffin cart yeah I think I do and it, it, it does need to be black with with like um one of those like air intakes like a hot rod basically a hot rod I think that's what I want yeah but a coffin and and a big yeah and handles so my my uh, my man can push me around. Ah oh, dear God! Right, let's call it. <laughs> you see the gold signs light up in his eyes as he's adding this up. He's like steerage, or is it just purely manual? Yeah, why not? I mean, you, you only die once, right? Ha <laughs> Light it! Alright. Steerage! So we're looking at a uh, skankwood box, black after finish with ox leather inner, a metal roll cage, air vents, wheels, exterior handles, and a steering wheel. Yeah, you don't think that's too much. We'll run you 1,250 gold pieces. We'll be available in 24 hours' time. That's what I like to hear. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll carefully, carefully count out 1,250 gold pieces into the man's palm. All right. As the little boy goes, uh, do you want me to put you back in the coffin? Uh, if you would, and 
put me back upstairs and and ask my men to uh, to uh, to pick me up again. Right, you are. Oh, by the way, my name's Timmy Garstang of Garstang and Sons. So you've already paid him up front, yeah? Uh, yeah, I'll pay him now. Yeah. All right, you pay him up front. He is so excited. He literally, like, he is hopping around from leg to leg. As you climb back into the box and you see he just gets a hammer, he's like... (laughs) Hammers you back in. You hear the squeaky... (laughs) on the wheels. As you're outside, as you just hear two voices, as you hear his voices go, where the fuck did you put him, Jeff? Pete, you absolute cunt. We've literally had this job for one fucking day. You've already... Oh, there he is. As uh, you you hear yourself wheeled back out into the showroom, as you hear your familiar voices, all all right, sir? Yeah, next time, please don't leave me anywhere. It's very difficult for me to come after you. Yeah, my apologies. Uh, We stepped out for uh, a comfort break. Okay. We will be more communicative next time. Well, just just let me know next time. I don't mind if if you need a break, just five minutes here or there. Let me just just let me know first, okay? Roger, Roger, absolutely, Sam. We are fully appreciative of this opportunity. <laughs> As you are carried back out into the uh, dockside of Nicodranus, leaving behind Garstang and Son, twenty-four hour funeral care emporium, and that's where we're going to take a break, listeners. We're going to pause the storyline there. Well, that was a 15-minute montage I never intended on having. Thank you for indulging my coffee shopping. <laughs> it's hard being a vampire. It is. My notebook literally has like 8,000 options. Jartwood, <laughs> tipples, how to improvise a load of woods in a fancy universe that still has Cedar of Lebanon. I also love that despite improvising loads of different names of woods, you, you were a firm no on mahogany. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's yeah, wild. I was like, fuck mahogany. You were like, no, I've never fucking no, no, heard no, no, that. No, no, that's no, definitely no, no, not no. a wood. So in craft and design at school, when I was 12, 13 years old, I had to make a jewellery box, and anything that we bought got rebuilt to our parents, and because I went to the equivalent of Hogwarts, I ordered mahogany, and I turned a block of mahogany, uh, which cost my parents Christ knows how much money, uh, I basically just put it on a belt sander and just sanded down hundreds of pounds worth of mahogany, turning it into red dust. And I made a hideous jewellery box and just basically spent my time sneezing with mahogany <laughs> dust and blowing my nose. Like, every sneeze must have cost, like, £2.50. It's absolutely <laughs> epic childhood that I had. But we'll get into that another day, listener. The man of the people. Yeah. Man of the people. I fully understand the price. How much does a haircut cost these days? 60 £70? Pounds? don't know. Talk to the wrong audience there. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking to the yeah two bald white men. Out of touch. Out of touch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Matt. Well, hey there, fellow nerds and nerdwells. That's about all we're going to achieve for this week's episode. Right. Seeing as you made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? Better yet. If you're feeling up for it, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? 
All of your reviews and recommendations really help spread the word of all of this crazy fantasy fucknuggery, and they really do mean the world to us. So drop us a review, and you never know, we might be reading it out on next week's episode. If you fancy chatting to us about anything you've heard across the course of this episode, your best bet is to find us on the app formerly known as Twitter, now X. You can find us at Adventurers, A-N-O, number one. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, etc., etc., etc. Right, that just leaves time to say a massive goodbye from Chris, Raggy, Matt, and myself. We'll see you back here next week for more fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Adventurers out. <laughs>